0: welcome everybody this is man up spiritual oasis for men podcast number 228 hard to believe and we're glad you're here and where is here here is sugarland texas so grab globe spin it around bang not sure where you ended up but spin it around find texas southeast side of texas is houston southwest side of houston is sugarland and that's where we're at and i want to thank you everybody for the uh, continued donations and support goes a long way to help uh, the ministry. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. But, you know, we feel all men are leaders. You're leaders of your families, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged, and that's why we're here. So whether you found us on Facebook or SoundCloud, where we archive all of our pod- podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, our website, which is at man-up, spiritualoasis.com, or pray.com. We're glad you are joining us, and we are on the No Church Answers Tour, and that's why we're here, and we're glad that you've joined us. So, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce our panel. He is a former world-class policy writer, but a current professional gambler. He is our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. Steve. Former prosecutor, but an attorney. We call him the Judge Michael Cropper. Hey, Michael. guys. And Hello. corporate trainer, kind of the group theologian. We call him the professor, Robert Koshu. Hey, Hi, Robert. Professor. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a salesman uh, and the director. And uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get... Uh, so, brief overview of today's lesson. Start with uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Ditch.
1: Hi. Uh, thank you. Uh, we're, we're continuing our study of judges. I think for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at Gideon, a, a really a, one of the major heroes. And, and we start his story uh, tonight in Chapter 6. And it begins, we, we find Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press which to modern readers you may not know what that exactly means uh, the, I, I credit the author of our study in Connect 360 to, to explaining this uh, but when in, in ancient times threshing wheat th- did the job what I would say if I'm right a combine does today uh, automatically Exactly. Um, exactly it, it separates it. the seeds of wheat from the chaff but what, what, when, when in ang- yes, ancient times you had to do it by hand and it would be done by taking, you know, rudimentary pitchforks and bringing in the harvested wheat and fluffing it up in the air, literally tossing it up in the air so the, the, the seed separates. So you needed open, flat uh, ground. They called it a threshing floor in the Bible, but it was an outdoor area, a large outdoor area where they tossed wheat up in the air, and, it, and you know, you needed a lot of space, and Gideon is doing this in a wine press. Now, what's significant about this, a wine press was dug into the ground. So this is a long way of saying we meet our hero as what would be today a guy in an office dealing with a never-ending inbox. This, wow. is, this is a Sisyphe- Sisyphean uh thing pushing the rock up the hill and having it fall you cannot effectively he
2: he is in a cubicle
1: (laughs) yes you cannot (laughs) really effectively thresh wheat in a wine press you you know there's no way to toss it up it makes you know you're you're, it's a it's an exercise in futility which i think as much as it it colors the story is also symbolic and that's where i'll leave my intro because we're going to get into an interesting story about about what happens to gideon in all this
0: All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Cropper, uh, your brief overview of this particular lesson.
3: We're looking at two lessons. I don't know if you mentioned that or not yet, but Bill's going to read a long text from two different lessons. We're looking Mm -hmm. at six and seven from the Book of the Conquerors. And uh, we actually have several lessons on Gideon here, and they are tremendous. Uh, Gideon, to me, is as much... uh, and enjoyable is the hmm. lesson we looked at last week Barak and the, uh, the two lady conquerors. There's the man up <laughs> reading of that <laughs> story right <laughs> no, there. No, no thank you to jail. Anyway, I'm going to read uh, something for the author. He comments and starts the, uh, this opening. I brought this up before, but uh, I like it very much. It's pra- very practical op- application to us as men. In our real lives now, and also hopefully uh, applying it to the lesson we're going to look at today, he says it's been a few weeks since we have mentioned it, so here we go again. All of us reading this book will either be conquerors in life through the power of God, or we will be conquered by the things of this life. We can conquer through fear, or we can be conquered while we are in fear. We can conquer through Christ, or we can be conquered by this world, there is really little room, little room for middle ground here. Uh, it's, it's hard and maybe impossible and to remain in neutral territory. So what he's saying here, and I just want to emphasize this, and we'll go, we'll go back to you, Bill, is we either move forward or we go backward. We cannot sit still for any length of time, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the world start, turns. Start digressing. But, well, so you stand, if just you're standing it. there, you're going behind because the world's turning.
3: And, and right now, yes, what Steve just shared with you <laughs> about Gideon working in a wine press. The <laughs> author points out this. So the scriptures at first seem to tell us a little bit about him, that he's working in the wine press in fear because of the Amalekites, Amalekites and the uh, Midianites. And uh,
2: we'll go into that a lot more in just a little bit. But that's all. I'll, I'll go back to you, Bill.
0: Professor, your overview. Of I this. love
2: Steve's analogy because my brain went to the TPS reports with oh, the right. red stapler. <laughs> right, the, right. He Office is. Face. Yeah, there you go. I have a red stapler, by the way. Right. Um, but it. But he is. It's not only does he have the never-ending inbox, his email server crashes and in the bane of IT departments everywhere, they send him an email telling him the email went down. <laughs> you know, and, and if you think that's not true, ask me how many of those I've received in my career. But but he's doing that, and Gideon, this is the first of, we're going to see seven lessons on Gideon, or the first two of seven. We may combine and do some things as we go through. But, but the author broke this down into seven different lessons on just Gideon. Gideon is a fig is a type of person we see throughout scripture where God calls him to do something and he kind of goes he kind of does the look around you talking to me no 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 you you got it wrong you want my brother Joe down the road you know you want you want you want uh Sam over there You, you you're not talking to me I know you're not talking to me you know, and then he, he puts God to some tests that we'll talk about next week. But Gideon is just one of those characters that kind of proves, like we found last week between Deborah and Jael, that God's going to use what he, or Ehud, the left-handed guy, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to use what he has, and he's going to make something of it.
0: Right. And I'm going to get ready to go ahead and read the scripture, the 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 first scripture reading that we're going to have, and I just want to throw in a couple of things real quick. Um, kind of a spoiler. Uh, I'll go ahead and spoil this a little bit. Uh, apparently the Midianites had driven the Israel, uh, Israelites into the caves and stuff, and the Israelites, they would plant the grains and stuff, but the Midianites would come, and when it was ready to be harvested, they come and steal it. they come and take it from them. So it's not like they were oppressed all the time, just at the imor- <laughs> important time. Harvest time, my dad <laughs> Yeah, was, when they wanted on, to eat. Right, right. <laughs> That's the most important uh, time. On harvest time, my dad would call that payday for a farmer. And uh, understand this, though, about a threshing floor. Um, not only can you assume that uh, he was doing it in hiding, he probably did not have much. If you think about the size of a wine press as opposed to a threshing floor, and what people do with um, uh, with wheat, you dry it out first, and then all you have to do is just throw it up, and then naturally the seeds are heavier and they will fall to the fall to the ground too. But also, if you don't have much, you may end up doing it in a small area in a clandestine way. And so that may be another element of this particular uh, story. So, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read. This is Judges 6, 1 through 16. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens of that are in the mountains and caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Amidianites and the Amalekites and the people of the East would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkey. They would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come like locusts in number. Both they and their camels could not be counted, so that they lay waste the land as they came in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery. And I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I and the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabith at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon was beating out the wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? and where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying did not the lord bring us up from egypt but now the lord has forsaken us and given us to the hands of midian and the lord turned to him and said go in this might of yours and save israel from the hand of midian do not i send you and he said to him please lord how can i save israel behold my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike down the Midianites as one man.
1: Mr. Steve Titch. I, I love this introduction, as I, I I said before, and you you read him nicely. I think I think you the, the kind of the Sunday schoolish how um you know, he greets the angel. Uh, that that remark, I think, if I were a dramatist, I'd I'd start out Gideon as kind of cynical, and maybe a little bitter. Certainly not very happy. And the angel comes and says, "The Lord is with you." And he says, "Well, gee, you know, he looks at him. If the I'll Lord be- is with us." Yeah. you know why are why is all this happening? why am i here threshing wheat in a wine press yeah. and, and 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 i will say i think for for many many christians have been in that place so so let's 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 have a little little lightness and levity about this but let's remember that uh that the lord does meet us in that place he is he is in that hole you know in this unhappy state and and he has maybe reason to be a bit uh upset now the the reaction though now how many people even us when uh when some when when the lord or someone says to us well i think you have the power to get not only yourself but everybody else out of this lot suddenly oh well <laughs> I right. think I'll go back to threshing, or go as you said, go see go see my my brother Joe about yeah, that. Yeah. And, and 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 kind of he, he complete he's we have a guy who might be complaining a lot, but he doesn't quite want to do
0: anything about I got my it.
2: TPS reports to find. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: My my life is crap, and all my friends' life are crap, and yet I'm supposed to be the one that leads us all out of it. Well, I, th-
3: I think you see something a little earlier in this. Mm-hmm. Why would the Lord send a prophet before the actual judge? This is an that introduction is into it. and I know you all read this. The, the, the idea behind the prophet coming to see, or pardon me, coming to tell the Israelites you have sinned, it, it appears that they don't even know they've sinned. They don't think it's their fault, right? (laughs) Yes, and that's why. That's why Gideon, when the angel comes to him and says, "Oh, mighty man of valor," he's Mm -hmm. he is obviously a godly man, or he thinks and knows about God tremendously. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking they're hashing around in his mind while he's Mm -hmm. while he's breaking up the wheat and the (laughs) shafts and everything. And you can just see him fuming, going, "Where is this God of my fathers? Mm -hmm. Where is this?" And it's only been Mm happening for seven years. It's not like it's been eighty or Mm forty years of been in captivity. It's been seven years, so he's going. Where is this God? And the angel shows up. And he must be been thinking about it at the moment the angel showed up. But the, the point is, is he's suggesting, he's making the comment that seems to fit, and that's simply the Israelites. don't realize they're straying away from God is what's fumed him. what has made them mad. They don't, make the, yeah. don't, don't, they don't make, they make the connection. I don't do think they make the connection.
2: I think uh-huh. they think, we had bad crops, let's do the Baal thing because, you know, Everybody else does that, and their crops were fine, but ours failed. You know, never mind we're plowing on the bad rocks, but, you know, let, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's do the bale thing, because, you know, maybe that'll help, because that's the god of fertility. And then, oh, it didn't work. I'll oh, get the Ashereth, Paul. Put that up. Mm-hmm. Let, let's try that. Too. They, they didn't understand that when God told them, have no other gods before me, I am a jealous God, they didn't equate that with, he is God. Period. End of discussion. They said, "Oh, he's the first God, but we can have all these others." I think there was some, and, and I think this is something we see in Christianity today. We see a lot of rationalization of things. You know, oh, it's it's okay because because you know if I there rationalize there are a lot of gods. Out, yes, yeah, I oh, agree, Robert. Yeah, absolutely. The, the and we that's see a fine. lot of this rationalization kind yep. of stuff. You know, oh, it, 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 it's okay because you know that 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 made us feel better, so we'll do it that way.
0: But there comes a point in time when a man breaks. Oh, and, and obviously, and uh, what you may not understand about uh, threshing wheat is it's monotonous, but it's cardio mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> so he was probably a fairly, fairly young man at this time in fairly good shape, too. But yep. the repetition of having these people show up like locusts Right around the time, harvest time. Understand this. They planted, the wheat was planted. There's no reason for the other, the Midianites and all the rest of those people to be around there. Until it gets tall and golden and the heads are about ripe. And then all of a sudden, here they come like locusts. And 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 imagine how fuming you would be. Not again. Not again. Well
2: and, and not only that, but uh, I heard one com- I read one commentator compared him to a Bedouin trot. That they basically rode in on the camels. Right. Sweeped up everything. I think the locust analogy that you used is really it good. It's very good. Because they, they come in, they sweep they sweep through and there ain't nothing left. Right. The, you know, that that I think that
1: prophet, the unnamed prophet, is a direct callback to Deuteronomy twenty eight. Where oh, yeah. where it's a it's a long chapter, uh, which deals with the blessings of that come from obedience and the curses that come from disobedience. And among those curses is locusts devouring the crop. Devouring now that could crop. be that could be literal locusts, or could be tribes of tribes uh, of uh, bandits uh, uh, and Midianites just stealing it. But we'll but again, that's it. that's set, setting up what what's going on
2: here. Well, and and. Angel of the Lord here actually means theophany. Yeah, this, uh, this, this is. I love a, your topics. This, this is probably a pre-incarnate view of Christ, kind mm-hmm. of like when we did uh, the Daniel, the Daniel, the, the three the, in the in the, the furnace, three guys, the guys fourth, in the furnace, and then the fourth all of a sudden you got man a fourth in the one. furnace. Yeah, <laughs> this is that same guy showing up. <laughs> you know, the angel of the, when the angel of the Lord shows up in that term, that is. Big. In bodily form. Absolutely. That's big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. big deal. And we Money are going to get that. back
0: to that big deal once we get back from this break. This is Man Up Podcast number 220B. We will be right back. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on... Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. To finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA channel 16.5 to make a tax deductible contribution and learn more details please look us up on gofundme.com under man up spiritual oasis for men or donate directly through paypal at donate at manupmedia.org thank you so much for your support and now back to the fellas of man up and welcome back everybody this is man up spiritual oasis for men podcast number 228 And we are in Judges, and we are talking about Gideon. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read. This is Judges 6, 22 through 35. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord, and Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it stands at Ophrah, which belongs to the Abazites. Oprah? Yes. <laughs> that night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold here with stones laid in due order then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the asherah that you shall cut down so gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the lord had told him but because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day he did it by night when the men of the town Rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down, and the asherah beside it was cut down, and the second bull was offered on the altar that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after they searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die, for he has broken down the altar of Baal and cut down the asherah beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because his altar has been broken down. Therefore, on that day, Gideon was called Jeroboam. That is to say, let Baal contend against him, because he broke down his altar. Now all the Midianites and Amalekites and the people of the east came together, and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon, and he sounded the trumpet, and the Aborites were called out to follow him, and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, and they too were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali, and they went up to meet them.
2: It's so it's interesting because now we got about 4 to 6 tribes before we've always had one or two mm-hmm. in the other judges. Now we're getting 4 to 6. So we're seeing the confederation of judges kind of grow here. Has it moved the the other mm-hmm. thing that's interesting in between the passage we yes. read and this passage Gideon does what a lot, and, and this is why I want to bring it up. Gideon does what a lot of guys do. He does what we talked about. Mm-hmm. And he says, Show me a sign. And the angel says, Build an altar, put bread and food on it. So he builds an altar, puts bread and food on it. Fire comes up and disintegrates the meat. Now, I cook a lot. <laughs> I the worst I ever had is I cook 75 burgers for a band function loaded my gas grill up, drove it two pavilions down, unloaded it, and cooked another 50 burgers for a youth trip function, our youth group. About halfway through that 50, I had the grease fire to build all grease fires. I destroyed a gas grill. It got so hot. It destroyed my grill. It didn't consume my meat. Mm -hmm. It was truco briquettes that Mm -hmm. came Mm -hmm. off, but it didn't consume the meat. So Gideon asked for a sign in between, what we're doing because eh, prove to me your God, <laughs> and God t- and the angel tells him what to do. There, there's there's uh, so much to, the, to to unpack here. This right. is
1: this is because so much stuff. I mean, he gets the sign. For, he right. asks for one. He gets it. He gets it. It's always always is a little dicey thing to do. But uh, he he comes out realizing hey this is the real thing, but then he catches fire like you you mentioned the guy who had enough. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago with Ehud, the guy who finally just. Got his sword out,
0: exactly. and
1: and and again, this this well, it's 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 not it's in it's not like it's not a violence against a person. It is it is a terribly transgressive act that he does. The he, Boston Tea Party. Yes, he goes <laughs> right. and he goes and breaks down these these altars and and Shira poles. Um, now, what I found also interesting is that the the Medianites are not around. He goes around the neighborhood of supposed monotheistic tribes of 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 the of the Jews here of the right. hebrews of the right. of the people of Moses, and goes down and pulls down, destroys all these altars to other gods and he his first worry is what those guys are going to say and and you wonder how. And I'm gonna I'm gonna let the discussion go from there. But he really he really knew he was gonna rock the boat so much so that that even though he was supposed to during the during do it during the day he did it at night. But that's because he feared his own family, not
2: not the Minionites, well, but was, the but his own people. It was the one in his town that his dad put up. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, which, is, it, which I find interesting because this is you know this this is almost you know he could. He could almost throw it out on teenage rebellion <laughs> yeah. in today's world, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, that oh, I'm rebelling against my parents, but, but he really does. And what I find even more interesting is his dad had put it up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He tears it down. All the men from the village come and figure out who did it mm-hmm. somehow. And we don't figure out how they knew, because he did it at night, so... Mm-hmm. You know, how did anybody know who
0: did it? Probably a small town mm-hmm. after a while. Yeah, out. everybody kind of figured it out. Every, especially if he used friends. Mm-hmm. He yep. had friends helping. But, well, but You know, they saw him or something. But, but
2: what was more <laughs> right. interesting to me is the dad that put it up says, no, I'm not going to give him to you because you're going to mm-hmm. kill him. Yeah. You know, that dad took up for him right. in this. And this is the dad that put this up. So you wonder if his... He explained everything to his dad and said, mm-hmm. Dad, you know, I was, in the, I was in the wine, you know, I was down in that wine press threshing my wheat, and this guy showed mm-hmm. up, and he told me I was going to deliver us.
0: Well, you got to <laughs> think, though, if they had been oppressed for seven years and Gideon was old enough to be working in the wine press, mm-hmm. his dad probably remembered the good old days, too. And so as his rebellious son is uh, finding his oats and uh, questioning things, I have no doubt that the father was instrumental in shaping his um, opinions.
3: Well, he knows all about the Lord. As I mentioned earlier, Gideon is quite aware of the Lord. He was raised about the God who delivered them out of Egypt and he knew about their history and he asked the angel right off where are you and where is god so when he he tore down the asherah pole and he destroyed the baal altar he also built an altar to god which they saw right and he offered a bull on that altar and and what you're saying i don't know his dad was ever really committed to those altars but i guess he did if he built them But he turned around, and he got the Spirit of the Lord with him also. It said the Spirit of the Lord came over Gideon when he did this. So Robert read a passage that was missing that's very important, or that's not in our lessons, and that's simply that when Gideon presented a sacrifice to the angel, it burnt up. It was disintegrated with fire, and you saw that back with Moses. You saw that with Elijah. And and that only happens when God is making a big statement, like you said, Robert. So when he went forward, the angel came to him again and says, "It's time to get started." He says, "Okay, I'm going to go. It might be at night, but I'm going to go." So he went and did that. But the the point is, it, when his father came out and he saw that he'd offered a bull and a sacrifice to the to Jehovah, something in him stirred, and we don't we don't I, know exactly. I, I, I don't but I say like that. the
1: story. I like being a dad. I like the story. Uh, because there sometimes it, 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 sometimes it comes in your own your own children inspire children, you especially and boys. and and stand up for something you know is right and you either at some way along the way because you got older you know we'll do our bail thing because of the because of the drought or something we would you know we talked about this we compromised we rationalized and you know it's suddenly the the kid in the family who says Dad, this is not right. Or I've got to go out and do this. I've got to, you know, I, even if they disagree with you, or you, I've got to go out and do this. And they don't just whine about it like so many kids do. They go out and do it. They go out on that mission trip. Mm-hmm. They, they, they go out and choose a career in something they are passionate about. That, that you know, and, and suddenly you look at yourself and say, Gee, he's really doing what I should have done long ago. And, you know, he, call, he does kind of almost prefigures Elijah in this and saying, well, if this is a big offense to ba- Baal, let Baal deal with him. Exactly. It sounds like Let's see what happens.
2: At some point, we're going to talk about a lot, that, that, that Elijah and the prophets of Baal story because that's one of my all time favorite <laughs> Bible stories. And I've got a great. <laughs> Great stuff to go with that, but but yeah, it, it, but it's it's one of those deals where to I think, I, I think this was somewhat testing the water. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason you did it at night because, and and well, let's go back a little bit. Let's rewind. So the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, "Mighty warrior," and he's going, "Me, the guy rushing <laughs> around? Okay, whatever." Well, if you want me to do this, I'm gonna need a sign. So. He wants to test the water. He did, in, in training, we call this doing a pilot program. <laughs> he wants to see how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And so what does he do? He goes in, out to his town, tears down mm-hmm. the Altar of Baal and the Asherah Pole, and kind of sees what happens. You know, because, because, because if you think about it, to do this, so the Midianites evidently weren't strong enough, so they had to have the Amorites and a few others help them. The Moabites, I think, are mentioned. But one tribe, Manasseh, this one area, isn't going to do it. It's gonna, and, and I mentioned, this is the first time we're seeing more than one or two tribes showing up to do something since the Joshua. With, you know When they conquered, everybody came in together and then everybody kind of split off. And then the first part of Judges that we've been going through so far, it's been one tribe, maybe Mm -hmm. two tribes show up to do something. Now we've got six tribes involved. And so he's kind of testing the waters a little bit maybe, you know, to see how, 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 all right, if if we're going to do this, how's this going to get, am I going to have to, you know, it's one thing to go fight the Midianites. Mm -hmm. But can I fight my people? and the Midianites at the same time. It's it's
1: interesting also how this one local
0: local
1: act this one local actor. it seems mostly it occurs in a home in his town. Yeah. Maybe yeah. is, you know, and, and you know, they were these were tight in areas so he could seemingly gotten around a good square number of, you know, area in a mm-hmm. night. But this this the call goes out as a result of this. Some you know the next thing we know yeah four or five six tribes are coming together so what did he ignite by this somewhat radical and and kind of transgressive act but nonetheless yeah didn't some the neighborhood got mad in the long run they didn't do anything <laughs> they and and he's almost yeah you know, how many how many people were secretly waiting for this. That's exactly what <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. I was going
0: to say that <clears throat> he did something that so many other people <laughs> wanted to do, but nobody would do it. So once he finally did it, he, and he was thinking, wow, I'm being civil. I'm being a bad boy. This is civil disobedience. And he tears it down, and really nothing happens to him. Then he realizes, you know what? There's probably a lot of people around here that feel the way I do. And it, and it's a rally cry. from blows the well, trumpet. And and, and,
2: and right. it, it's very similar in that way to the story of Ehud, you know, the mm-hmm. accountant, yeah. who mm-hmm. finally just had enough. Mm-hmm. And then the story of Deborah and Barack, you know,
0: with jail mm-hmm. who finally,
2: uh, yeah, mm-hmm. here's some milk. Go lay down. I'll take <laughs> yeah. care of
0: you. <laughs> yeah, I'm still having nightmares about that one. And <laughs> with that, we're going to go, this is the second break. Uh, Man up, spiritual oasis for men. Podcast number 228. We'll be right back. Podcast number 228, we've been talking about Gideon. And we ha- we've had a couple of little uh, of lessons here. And so uh, the, the first one that we were um, talking about, Gideon, uh, the Israelites, the, um, the Midianites were uh, just basically brutal with them. And uh, so Gideon is here thrashing wheat in a wine press. And, the, and, and what I pointed out before, pretty good chance. Uh, they, they talked about he was in hiding doing it. Also, I mean, it can still be done. It's the hard way, definitely. But you probably don't have much to do either. You know, I mean, the reason why they had threshing floors is because you had huge, uh, they're called shocks of wheat. was uh, what it is. They bring them in these shocks. Um, and so you need a lot of space.
2: Like a big bundle, of like a big building. bundle, okay,
0: like a big bundle. I'm, and, so yeah, can, and, and and so if you're doing it in a wine press, you're, <laughs> you probably don't have many shocks because they ain't going to fit. Yeah, so.
3: I'm under the impression that Joe Ash is like the mayor of the town. I think so too. I you get you get some hints in there because when Gideon go, first of all, he's on a wine press uh, uh, harvesting the wheat. Then, when he goes to tear down the Asher pole and the uh, the, the uh, altar to Baal, he takes ten servants with him of his dad. and his dad is the one who built these altars. So in his mind, the people come to him and say, "We want to kill." Get in. He says, well, I built it. I can tear it down. <laughs> yeah. well, we well,
1: they, tear they down. come to Joash as if uh, he's wrong. the yes. one in authority. They exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 So you have have I can pay for that. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: And, and, and the fact that it was, it's listed in some version of Scripture as his father's altar. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, So you know, exactly. that does he, kind he's, of.
3: He's quite wealthy. Well mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. A man of and talent.
0: So it's my altar. My kid could vandalize it. You know? <laughs> well, and,
2: and and I think one of the second big things here when we start thinking about it is is this theme that we're seeing throughout Judges. And it's not, not just the theme of, you know, the standard redemption theme that we see, which is Israel does bad, God uses somebody to punish them, Israel cries out, God appoints a judge, God saves them, you know, they get a rest, then we do it again. Um, but it's the theme that seems to be in my mind, a theme that runs not only through judges, but really through scripture, but is really apparent in this first set of judges. You know, we get Ehud, the accountant, the left-handed guy. They are not known for being warriors. Just saying, you know, they're they're, they're the supply clerks, and supply is important in the armed forces, right, Bill? But you don't want them fighting. Well, that's right.
0: <laughs> they're know? behind the lines. Yep.
2: Then you get... The two women, actually you get, the, you get the interim story where we get our peak of the Philistines where the guy uses an ox goad, which is not a real weapon, but hey, whatever works. And then you get the story of the two women that take out the guy, the bad guy. The and now we've got another guy who, yeah, his dad's the mayor of the town, but it ain't much of a town and they ain't much if they're hiding in the caves to Dad, thresh their you wheat. <laughs> where, that you That know? is a fact. <laughs> you know, and, and, because yeah, a lot of times we get this idea of Gideon being this mighty warrior for God. If you, mm-hmm. if you, if you watch your Bible Sunday school days, mm-hmm. you know, if the mighty warrior for God, no, he's the doubting Thomas <laughs> of the day. Because, <laughs> because we'll see next week he's going to ask for multiple signs. <laughs> Even after all this it, it wears off. Yeah, yeah, uh. you know, but it, but it's, it's, God uses who God chooses to use. And I think God's sovereign plan is something that I, I, I think we think we have a lot more control than we think we do. And I think that's one of the hubris of us, that we think we have a ton of control over every little thing. And in reality, there are very, very few things in life that we have total control over. <laughs> well, know, I think one thing that these we can influence uh, it, but yeah. we don't have control.
0: These lessons have uh the man uh lesson from these is that there's a time for action, of course, and each of these and we've kind of focused on the fact that it was a time for action. But also when you read between the lines, there comes a certain point of time that each of these people were just fed up with it. They were not willing to live with status quo anymore. And everybody, particularly men, have certain things that they will not put up with. And there comes a certain point in time that a man has to take action. And uh, so some of these are fairly dramatic. But as we apply them to our lives, maybe if we pay attention to life, how it's going, and we try to walk in faith a little bit more diligently that we won't get fed up. We'll correct along the way instead of delaying that time for action and all of a sudden just blowing
1: like a mermaid, mm-hmm. you know. Also, I think what's also important is that God did not want His people where they were collectively. I did not think He really wanted to see someone like Gideon uh, th- literally threshing away. Uh, and and yeah. the Lord, the Lord. If we want to, if we want to follow the the what theophany. Uh, line it might have been Jesus Himself or a a, a an incarnation of the Son, the Son aspect of the Trinity, Trinity um, there to really give Gideon the encouragement to get out. Now, now maybe right before the angel came along, some some religious advisor of the village or some some fellow member of his of his support group came along and he's there threshing and he says to him i can't stand it how often have we heard well you're the right you're the the place where the lord wants you to be." (laughs) don't always assume that don't always assume that and and as i said at the beginning the lord reached out and 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 was there and met him in his place but yes sometimes that time for action is in is is now and now now again, I want to be careful because this is not a call to go slaughter your enemies, but the metaphor is there. If you're stuck somewhere, you the, you the Lord may be looking for ways to get you out of it, and rather, you know, and and look for look for the Lord up there at the the edge find of out, the wine press. <laughs> find, find out.
2: Find out if you're stuck there because mm-hmm. you're supposed to be uh-huh. getting out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or are you stuck there because? Because, obviously, the Israelis got stuck Mm -hmm. multiple times over during judges. Mm -hmm. But every time they got stuck, someone was called to lead them out, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Are you going to be stuck, Mm -hmm. and are you going to take it like a sore loser? Or are you going (laughs) to take that time to retool, to get better, and go out and, and attack. And clearly, and, it took some risks. It did.
1: He had a he, he had did. to go bust down. He's you know, and they were all ready to 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 kill him. And he came, he got support from probably the most unlikeliest person he might have expected.
0: Oh, but dad? Yeah. But it, and, and, and here is the thing: you got to understand this. We as men, we're mere mortals. Sand is going through the hourglass <laughs> of time. We will not have this ability later on as a matter of Mm -hmm. fact you may just get to the point to where man my life my health is so bad it doesn't matter that the midianites are suppressing us i can't get up i can't get out of this cave anyway you know Mm -hmm. there's 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 times when uh, when you need to have that sense of urgency there are those action moments and -hmm. you will feel it like mike has said several times He was a carpenter. He didn't want to go to law school. Action time. (laughs) It called. He didn't didn't want to, but you know what? He did. And it happens. And it happens in, in men's lives. And I really think that these particular lessons point that out. Pay attention. Be aware. There's a reason why that bugs you. There's a reason why. Maybe you are the one that is supposed to change it not only for you but for everybody else. Let me give you just a quick example. I I hate to run along, just run off, but when I was a kid, I had four sisters. I had two older and I had two younger. When my sisters would have a problem with me, if I let one sister get away with it, I let four sisters get away with it. I got punished severely by my parents for the way I handled my sisters. Why? Because I punished them. (laughs) If they did something to me, I punished them. So not only did I cure one sister from doing Mm -hmm. it, I cured four sisters from doing it. And in life, that's what you have to do. You define yourself by what you're willing to take and what you're not willing to take.
3: Well, we're missing the whole point
0: here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't
3: think> so. <laughs> the, the real reason they're suffering from the Midianites is because of Abraham. <laughs> uh, Midian well, is a child uh, of Abraham. Ah. You're right. You're right. Uh, actually, he had them. So athletes. it goes back hundreds of years. It <laughs> does. I that's guess. true. We're, right? we're discussing the present <laughs> when we should be and, going, and, pointing and, fingers and, way and back who in was, the past. And when who he had was...
2: Had their their son-in-law uh ishmael Moses. Oh, oh, moses. Moses, moses, yeah. that's right. moses that's right moses hung that's out brutal. with the midianites and moses's father jess father-in-law sorry jesse is actually jethro. the one that, jethro jethro think, jethro you. right jethro yeah. he's actually the one that came up to moses and said dude you can't do it all get, some,
3: men, get some help you're right. <laughs> you're right you're right he's a right. very
2: intelligent guy he was a priest yeah. of the midianites
3: yes anyway uh, interesting thoughts
0: all right, we're coming down to the end of podcast number 228. Just want to uh, go around the room, get some uh, some takeaways from the fellas, and uh, start with Michael Cropper. You're yeah, a good judge, points, and Bill. we're studying judges. you yes, a judge. Yes,
3: I'm telling you. A um, couple things right quick, uh, folks. Uh, when the angel of the Lord spoke to Gideon, and he knew for sure what he was supposed to do, uh, and and... He did what many many people do. You can do one two things. You either run from the issue or you face the issue. If you have fear, at least do the do the thing that the Lord has commanded you to do, even if you have fear. Now, as Bill mentioned, I went to law school with fear and <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I did it, and that's the point. And that's the Lord is trying to press you here. Gideon was fearful. But he did do it. And, and folks, if nothing else, maybe you have courage and you don't have fear. That's great. When the Lord gives you an assignment to do, do it. If you have fear and the Lord gives you an assignment, you know it. Do it. It's still better than not getting it done. And uh, uh, one other thing. Are you, st- are you stuck to grow in the Lord or because you have sinned? Uh, remember, the Lord is forgiving the Lord is forgiving of us and and anything we might have done if we have done something and sometimes we we talked about this last week Robert mentioned it and Bill and Steve and that's uh, paralysis by analysis sometimes if we think we have sinned we let that affect going forward in life we say oh Lord can never forgive me for this The Lord can never I did something so wrong that that he's never going to forgive me and we dwell on that and it and it stumps us, and it stops us, and we stop in our tracks. Folks, don't let, don't let that happen to you. The Lord says he will forgive you of every sin, and he will do that, folks. So don't let that uh, stand in your way. The sooner you go to him and ask him to forgive you, if you've done something that you really, really believe is terrible, ask him to forgive you and then ask for his direction to go from there.
0: Bill? Excellent. Uh, Professor Koshu, take away from that, you. That was
2: interesting. I hadn't thought of that, Mike, about the paralysis by analysis on sin. Um, really be listening for what God wants you to do, even in unlikely places like wine presses where I'm threshing wheat. And, and, I, and I, I think that's the thing is a lot of us expect God to speak to us at church or at youth camp. Or at some big church, quote-unquote, church event, concert, Christmas pageant, you know, whatever you want to call, you know, the man-up retreat, man retreat. Um, But be looking for God in the unknown or the uncommon places. Because I think that's where a lot of us miss opportunities to interact with God, is to be looking for that. Excellent. Excellent producer steve titch you talked about
1: courage or fearlessness actually the the two are often conflated fear fear, courage i think the really the correct definition is action despite fear uh it doesn't necessarily mean you're 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 just you're just acting because you're passionate or you're convicted about it and you and you're uh you're doing it in spite of what you fear and you could you could, you know, your own death could be the consequences, but you go ahead and do it anyway because you believe it's the right thing to do. We have that uh, in um, in this 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 illustration here, and it all turns out. It, it all turns on a dime for Gideon. That's the thing. I mean, it turns out he has an ally in his father who he didn't he didn't think he did. He did, he had support from areas he had discounted. Uh, and the next thing you know he's turned this 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 these acts of you know of rebellion you could call them these acts of, of in some places anger or or certainly there's an intention is an intent, there's is an intent behind it because as you said he does re he does build altars to god on top of the 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 author uh, the destroyed altars to baal um, but it's like in in many ways i wonder if people woke up and said hey gee nothing happened
0: <laughs> you know yeah.
1: you know it's like i, I was thinking of this and it might be something as drastic as your 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 son getting really irritated with the amount of time you spend on the internet and you know throw going through the house and throwing out all your modems and you get mad well what do you do that for but a day later you find out gee you know
0: What's it's a that? little better
1: here. <laughs> yeah. Now, now again, I, I'm being half facetious, but I think this is the case here. Nothing happened. Leave it to bail. Let's see if Baal does anything about this. And you know, you combine that to what they've heard from with the prophet and what they've been brought up to believe, and they realize, gee, we 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 lost our way here.
0: Right, and in a way, to me, it, it kind of reminds me of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> They finally pulled the curtain back and there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it took all the courage. Mm-hmm. All the courage. Yes. <laughs> courage. Yeah, I want the courage uh, to do it. But And when they finally do it, I have courage. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we hope that you take that um, with you. Um, okay. And the, the final point that I wanted to make is this. Your story... Your story of courage, it's a lifelong story. It's not one incident. It's many incidents that God leads you through. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Man Up Spiritual, Oasis for Men. And once again, hey, thanks so much for the comments that that people uh, uh, put on our Facebook page and stuff. We totally appreciate it. Uh, And the support. Uh, from everybody and our sponsors as well so on behalf of our producer mr steve titch michael cropper robert koshu my name is bill cox and we're on this no church answers tour so check out our uh, new youtube channel where they found us on facebook soundcloud where we archive all of our podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or pray.com if you have any questions or comments you can go to our facebook page or man dash up spiritual com and post it there and if you're still unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org and starts Sunday mornings at 9:45 a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church, why local? So you'll go and participate on a regular basis and find a small group, ABF adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class that you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that is men only and if there is one start one this is men up you've been listening to man up you've got I want the truth you can't handle the truth dedicated to the uncommon man created by equally uncommon men if I were the man I was five years ago I'd take a flamethrower to this place you can contact us on Facebook under man up post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.